mm-hmm. I always think of the story of the the young lady that came home from school and and she screams that all my friends hate me as she <laughs> as she runs up to her room and slams her door. Well, welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is uh, Rick Wirtz. Uh, thank you for joining us. I am the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where we encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. Mm-hmm. Our vision is to uh, uh, engage dads in raising a godly generation and reinvigorate the church, the capital C church, on the fathering front. Uh, in the studio with us, uh, this uh, podcast is a continuation of the coaching season. We're talking about the seasons of fathering, teacher, coach, and counselor. Uh, we're talking about the coaching season, and uh, with us in the studio today is Mike Rosas, uh, president and founder of Uprising Society. A blessing to have you with us, Mike. Thank you so much. Always an honor to be on the podcast with you, Rick. Well, as you know, Mike, the uh, coach season is the second 10 years of a child's life, and this is a tough season for a lot of reasons. So one big one, of course, is that this is the age range where kids are suddenly exposed to a lot of influences outside the home. And then correspondingly, this may be a chapter of life when mom and dad are both busy in their respective uh, careers trying to be that uh, parent that is able to get uh, provide for and equip their children in a lot of different activities to help them be successful mm-hmm. in life. So we, we get a, a focus and a lot of things uh, worldly trying to creep in, you know, to a child. You know, you have, you have your kids involved in three different uh, sports activities or other extracurricular activities. So uh, this is a transition time in marriage to help establish uh, right priorities mm-hmm. and, and what are we going to expose our kids to to help them identify those unique gifts that they want to uh, that we want them to find uh, to glorify God in their lives, but we also don't want them so busy that we have no uh, family time. Have you had any of that transition uh, realization in your in your life? Yeah, so our, our kids are in homeschool, and so it gives us more time to kind of uh, mold their minds and to work with them. But at the same time, we want them to be, uh, you know, we want them to experience the outside world. We have uh, our oldest daughter in gymnastics, our youngest daughter is getting ready to start ballet. And so we try to we try to see what their gifts and talents are, and we always try to connect what they're doing, even even if it's for fun. We want them to understand there's beauty and purpose in everything that we do, mm-hmm. and when we do it, it's it's worship unto the Lord. And mm-hmm. so I think when we we try to create importance for it, they can have fun and it be uh, you know rearing or building up. And so for us, it's important for our girls to have abilities to express themselves. Uh, but to understand what we try to preach a lot at home is the uh, is the large picture, right? It's the long vision. What are we looking at and how that interacts? And so, you know, a lot of people can say, well, it's very extreme. But the reality is we're trying to create world changers. We're trying to create kids that are coming up in a very antagonistic world and culture and understand that that we are standing for the truth. And there's a lot of people that aren't. <laughs> and so in the midst of that, you know, they understand it's a battle because it's a battle. Um, we, we frame truth. And so they stand for it. Well, and that uh, I really applaud the uh, homeschooling effort. I, uh-huh. I always think of the story of the 
the young lady that came home from school and and she screams that all my friends hate me as she <laughs> as she runs up to her room and slams her door right and I think uh, this is again one of those challenges in the coach season of fathering is helping a child understand what real friendships are yes. and uh, how they're supposed to grow in those so uh, do you remember feeling like that with friends in school how all of a sudden you your friends turned against you yes yes it was it was odd because they were one way when you were with them, and then when they were around a group of people, they were different. Right, and that's uh, that's really what was uh, very powerful about this particular example is that the the mother understood very clearly what the daughter had experienced because girls can get pretty ugly in mm-hmm. middle school, right? Yes. Uh, and and she had act the mother had actually had what was called a slam book written on her when she was in middle school, Whoa. which a slam book is where girls will uh, take a spiral notebook and and write ugly untrue things about this one girl they decided to pick on. And it just happened to be her. And uh, one of her friends did tear out a page of the slam book to let her know what these other girls were writing. And it just devastated her. And she, I mean, it scarred her for, uh, you know, these are, you know, how could these girls have turned against me? So when, uh, when the mom and dad together went up to their daughter's room to open the door, uh, she shared that story with her daughter mm. and just helped her understand that, you know, this is life. You know, people are going to turn against you yeah. uh, in, in, in a given situation, whether it's getting ahead in the workplace or uh, trying to get a position on the school team or whatever the case may be. But the reality is that uh, what she had learned, what the mother shared was that uh, her mom and dad had intervened mm. and helped her understand uh, what relationships, what f- true friendships are, and that she could keep herself grounded in her relationship with Christ and then uh, live that relationship and, and be able to nurture relationships in that light to help her through uh, her, her, her uh, maturing into the young lady that, uh, that she's going to become. Well, so, you know, and there's a great truth to that biblical principle that there's nothing new under the sun. And so, you know, there, there are some new strategies in this technological area, era, but, uh, but the reality is that we, we've gone through the majority of the same type of attacks and, um, you know, understanding, yes, uh, social media has amplified bullying and things of that sort, but, you know, we dealt with bullying growing up too. I, I had a kid when I was in third grade uh, because I stuttered. He was in eighth grade. He would come and he would choke me and throw me into the lockers because he didn't like how I spoke. And so, I, I you know, we communicate to our kids like, you know, hurt people do things that hurt bad people can do bad things uh, i also tell them that i had an older brother who went and beat him up but that's another story <laughs> <laughs> and he taught you how to be yes <laughs> <laughs> well but that's really what mom and dad do they provide that perspective right. that says you know this hurts right now, but let's understand that this is actually strengthening you yes. for what you're going to, because you're not going to respond as they responded in your relationships. You're going to honor your friends and and understand what healthy friendships uh, look like. Yeah, and you know Jesus understood that, and that's why he said to you know to to be kind to those that aren't kind to us, to love our enemies and to bless them, which was such a revolutionary principle at that time. And it still is revolutionary today. But, you know, I, I wish I could tell my daughters that you grow out of that, but you don't. Even as adults, we, we deal with that. And that's why, you know, the uh, the long-term truths of the Scripture, they never change. Well, exactly. I mean, you're exactly right. As an adult, I mean, I thought I had a lot of friends. When I left the corporate world, I realized that I 
I wasn't in a position to help them anymore. So they weren't the friends they were wow. when I when I was in the corporate world. And I thought that that's an interesting perspective because uh, uh, I realized uh, that uh, friends are important, but uh, I didn't have any at that yeah. point in time because <laughs> what I thought were friends weren't necessarily friends. But that's you know, in, in a, as a kid, you know, friends are usually neighborhood kids or, right. or classmates. And, you know, by definition, a friend is a person whom one knows and whom one has a bond of mutual affection, typically exclusive of any sexual or family relations. So that bond of mutual affection might be a common interest in sports mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, other uh, activities. So as kids mature, it's absolutely normal for uh, interest to change. Mm -hmm. And of course, friends will change as a result. So even the best of friends can experience some of the other, some uh, uh, as interests diverge or other friends start to uh, pull them apart in different directions that uh, the kids need a good coach to help them understand that that's just the natural process. It's a natural growth Mm -hmm. that uh, you're going to have friends that uh, you're going to have highs and lows uh, associated with how, how those friendships go. So uh, again, how, other highs and lows that you've had uh, as, uh, or that your kids have had in friendships over the years. You know, my, my daughters, again, they're very soft hearted. Um, you know, they don't understand why, you know, friends can be very close to them and have fun. But as soon as they find another friend that's closer, they'll just drop them and uh, they'll, they'll run across the room and play with somebody else. And they, they say, Dad, I don't understand. We were playing. We were having fun. And then so and so came by and they just left me and stopped talking to me. And it's like it's, it's a low because you don't want your kids at this age to see that cruelness of the world. But, you know, when it comes, you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to roll with the punches. And so we just started, again, you know, like they they probably just forgot or, you know, you try to cover up as much as you can for them to understand. It's not that they don't like you. It's just they may have a closer affinity or tie to this other friend. And, and you know, for us, it's we've never tried to shield our, our kids from the fact that it is. It's a tough world. It's not a perfect world. And even though God loves us, uh, when we go through tough times, it doesn't mean he loves us any less. It just means you go through a tough world. You know, I was like what Oswald Chambers says. He says, you know, he, God won't speak to us through our uh, ears necessarily. He'll speak to us through our circumstances. Mm, So that opportunity to share that with the kids, to understand that uh, these circumstances all happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's uh, something. But in the gospel of John, uh, Jesus says, you know, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's uh, of his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned uh, from my father, I have been made known to you. So, you know, Jesus introduced his disciples to a whole new level of relationship that, uh, that because he had taught them everything that his father had taught him and uh, that what they needed to know to take the next step as his disciples, they were going to move into this new level of relationship called friendship, mm-hmm. which uh, is, is huge. And uh, so it, it was time to move and and comprehend the the why behind his teaching, you know, why he was born of the virgin, why he was not of this world, why he must be killed. Mm. And so those are the things that he started to share as friends, and uh, uh, particularly true with Peter, uh, James, and John, when he took them to another level at mm. the transfiguration, uh, you know, John, uh, Jesus led them to a high mountain where they were alone, uh, and uh, there he was transfigured before him. 
uh, before them. And I, I would say at this point, Jesus is coaching his friends through the preseason of their ministry. Mm-hmm. Similarly, us dads, you know, coach our children through this uh, this time frame in the preseason of adulthood. Right. You know that we're trying to prepare them uh, through their uh, through their teenage friendships and help them understand that friends aren't tied to popularity or necessarily the likes on social media, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, Thankfully. It's, <laughs> you know, the friends are relationships that must mature into a trust and a willingness to be vulnerable and accountable with each other. And I just, you know, when, when Faithful Fathering does uh, fun activities for dads and, and kids at a church, like uh, at Saitsman Church, we do an overnight, have an overnight coming up in October. But the, uh, you, we'll always introduce what we call an interview card. Uh, with dads and kids to interview each other. But mm-hmm. before they interview each other, they have to complete the uh, questions on the card, and then they see if they were right or wrong. Okay. And one of those questions is, Dad, do you know your child's best friend? Mm. And for the kid, do you know your dad's best friend? <laughs> uh, do your kids know your best friends? I don't know. <laughs> because because our mode of life, it, it's, it's probably convicting to me, but I, I don't know who I have that I spend the majority of time if they would be able to identify that with, um, which is probably sad, right? <laughs> There's no, no right or wrong answer. I just, uh, I just, you know, I didn't wake up to this until about 30 years ago yeah. because I, you know, I was challenged at one point, you know, how many guys can you call if you're struggling at one o'clock in the morning? Yeah. And they said, most men can count them on one finger, yeah. <laughs> maybe. And I realized I could, I had none. And, and so, but the blessing was my kids back then were, were still young enough to see as I developed some of these types of friendships, they saw how valuable they were, yes. not only in helping me uh, through my own journey and my uh, growing uh, spiritual maturity and uh, being around God guys that uh, the Lord brought into my life, that I would have battle buddies. These, my kids realized the importance of this, uh, this relationship that I needed to have with other men. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was just part of the journey to realize that we're going to have friends as we mature. The question is, do you have some lifelong friends? You know? Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. So that uh, did, when you were in school, or did you, uh, or, or were you too busy in school to have much uh, <laughs> to to have friends as such? No, no, no. I, I definitely did. I, I grew up with a, a couple of different guys. I think my closest friend from about second grade was a guy named Philip Anderson. And then uh, I, we went to a private school together in elementary. Then we ended up living close to each other. So we went to the same middle school and high school together and uh, ended up going to college together, too. He uh, he moved in with us for a while, too, for a couple of years. And so kind of just one of my closest friends. We had a lot of the same hobbies. We were both believers. We both played basketball. And so there's just a lot of intersections where we connected. That's great. You know, I confess I was a loner yeah. uh, through high school and college. I was just trying to survive yeah. and trying to overcome, right? <laughs> so uh, I was really uh, uh, did not have that network. I'm so proud of each of uh, my children that mm-hmm. they have uh, a good network of friends. Very and, important. Uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, to, to establish those kinds of friendships in college and early mm-hmm. in uh, life, 
really uh, helps set the tone for uh, yes. for your later in life. So, uh, in fact, my my uh, son's uh, uh, one of his best friends in college is actually going to uh, uh, officiate his wedding. He's a Presbyterian oh, pastor, awesome. and uh, so he's going to uh, give uh, go pre officiate his wedding, which I think is what a blessing that is to yes. have that kind of a, a relationship established in college. So, uh, but that's that's what we're uh, that's what we're called to do through this coach season is uh, coach our children on uh, the importance of friendships, but mm -hmm. understanding that it isn't about the number of friends, but the quality, the the maturity of those friendships that can indeed be there in a, in a time of need for each other. So that's my charge to dads is to really provide through your own experiences and, and as your kids mature, provide that healthy perspective on what friendships are. And uh, that's what Jesus exemplified for us as he promoted his disciples from servants to friends. And uh, that's what we're to be, uh, promote encouraging our children in a healthy perspective uh, for friendships. So uh, dads, get those friends, know you have those friends, uh, convey that to your children as they, as they mature. And uh, that's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs to see. So Thanks for being here, Mike. God bless. God's good. Thanks for tuning in to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, please uh, tune in to the other podcasts in the library and uh, let us know what you think. And uh, be sure to check us out on social media.